Welcome back, fam, to this week's episode of the Rambling Truths Podcast. And for this week's episode, we got a special one. It's another top 10 list. I'll get into what we're going to talk about a little bit later, but let me first introduce who we have on. As always, we have co-host Jason on. Jason, how's it going? Good, Kush, good. This is a good episode. I'm um, just going to listen in on this one. I, th- I think we I think we specialize on the top ten list, yeah, so they're, they're can't wait for this one. And uh, also on this podcast, we have a special guest, a good friend of ours from college, Connor. On Connor, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. I hope you guys are doing well as well, staying safe out there uh, through this whole pandemic. But just like Jason said, I'm excited for this episode. It should be a good one. Yeah, man. And and we're really excited to, to have you on. I think this is going to be the first of many appearances uh, that you're going to be on the podcast. Because uh, for those that don't know Connor, Connor uh, not only is a big TV fan, and we're going to get into what we're talking about in a second, but he's also a big sports fan, uh, probably our resident baseball expert of the panel here. Um, uh, he, Connor loves the Mets, uh, but you, you pretty much know, uh, most of the teams out there, right? You're, you're a baseball fan, uh, and, and watch most games, right? Yeah. For the most part, I mean, baseball is obviously my main sport as Jason and you know, um, but any sport I could stay in contact with and stay, uh, in detail with, I should say. And I follow them on a need to know basis. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, so before we get into top 10 list, let's talk a little bit about baseball. We haven't talked, me and Jason haven't talked about baseball uh, on this podcast, but I definitely want to get into it, man. Um, how do you think the season's going so far? Are you, you know, kind of surprised with how relatively well things are going? Or are you kind of nervous and worried that the season isn't going to finish out? Well, I'll play this question in two parts because, as you mentioned, I'm a Mets fan. So from a personal standpoint, um, and Jason's right there along with me. Uh, the season is just like any other season where we're obviously Met fans. So we've seen the best of times and we've seen mainly the worst of times. Um, so right now we're a struggling team. We obviously are the most recent team in baseball to have, um, COVID positive cases on the team. So right now we're actually not playing games this weekend. So from a personal standpoint, it definitely is a struggle. Being a Mets fan is not easy. Um, but we're always hopeful, um, until they hurt us until they hurt our souls again. But from a COVID standpoint, actually just watching the game as a fan, I do think Major League Baseball, for the fact that we are not doing this season in a bubble like um, NBA, they are doing a phenomenal job with the scheduling issues. Obviously, we've had, I believe now, three or four teams that have had COVID cases uh, since the beginning of this short season. And Major League Baseball has done phenomenal, whether it's with the Orioles and the Yankees a few weeks ago playing each other. Um, or this week was supposed to be the Subway Series, like I just mentioned, and we're probably going to see those games played at some point somehow. I don't know how they do it, but for the fact that we're not playing this season in a bubble, they are doing a phenomenal job, and I'm enjoying watching it. Obviously, the atmosphere is different, being the fact that there are no fans, there's no real live atmosphere. Um, It does seem a little bit fake, but all in all, I think we're all happy to have sports back, whether it is baseball, whether it's hockey, whether it's basketball. Um, and hopefully collegiate sports get into the game pretty shortly. Um, but overall, it's just great to have sports back. I think you hit it on the head, Connor. Um, I think for the fact that Major League Baseball doesn't have a bubble, uh, which which I was a little bit surprised that they didn't. Uh, I know it's harder for baseball uh, with 30 teams and, and what 25 men per, per roster. It's, it's a little bit harder to bubble like 600 players compared to the NBA, which have smaller teams, you know, only like f- 12 to 15 men rosters, you know, 
Um, but relatively, it, it is going well, right? It's only the, been the Marlins, Cardinals, and and Mets that have been affected right now. And, and you know, fingers crossed, I, I think the Marlins and Cardinals, if, if I'm not wrong, are, are relatively back uh, in terms of playing games and uh, in terms of COVID positivity tests. You know, hopefully, you know, first first and foremost, we, we want health. So hopefully, you know, the player, I believe it's one player and one staff member on the Mets. Hopefully, you know, they recover. Right. Uh, nobody else on the team on the team gets it. But I, I'm feeling relatively optimistic that uh, we can have a conclusion to this MLB season. What do you think, yeah. Jason? Uh, yeah, I I think that we are going to have a full season. So it is one staff member and then one player in the Mets. I think that they're actually traveling. Um, or they're going to travel soon, and then everyone else who's going to travel is, you know, in the clear right now, um, as far as negative tests goes. So, I also think like if a team has COVID, then they're just that team. Their games are postponed for a little while, and then how they make it up is they do a lot of double headers. So, for instance, the Mets are in the NL East, so they're only playing teams in the NL East and the AL East, and that's it. So it's a relatively small, you know, circle that they're playing. Um, so it'll be easy to make those games up just whenever they play the Yankees again, which I think is soon. Uh, they'll have some double headers, so it'll be exciting. A lot of baseball. Awesome. Um, I do want to ask you know one rapid fire question. If since we have Connor on, Connor, um, as of today, August twenty third, two thousand twenty, if you have to pick a team uh, to be your MLB champion, who do you have? Oh man, that's a tough question. There are definitely some teams now that start are starting to take their division or their league by storm. Uh, the Oakland Athletics is a surprise team. They, I believe, are sixteen and four right up there with the Dodgers, right up there, unfortunately, with the Yankees. Um, but I think if we're picking one to win it right now, it's probably going to be either the Yankees or the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Jason? Uh, oh, boy. So I think that my front runner would probably be the Dodgers, but I think there's a lot of good teams. So Dodgers, the Rays just beat the Yankees in like a series. So they're now the top of the AL, uh, the AL East. And I also like the Twins. I think the Twins are pretty good too this year. And obviously, okay. obviously, dude, I'm always going to have confidence in the Mets. I mean, right now they're third in their division. Um, what are they, about like halfway, almost halfway through the season. Um, right. So I'm, I'm always We're confident. actually halfway through the season right now, and the top eight teams in each division this year with the short season make the playoff race. Right now the Mets would be number nine, so we'll see if they can get to number eight when they get back. We are starting to play a little bit better baseball, but definitely not the front runners right now, unfortunately. But like Jason said, we'll have hope. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with the expanded with expanded playoffs, uh, it's going to be really interesting because so many teams that you know originally would not have made the playoffs have a chance this year. Absolutely. Uh, with the, with the first, I, th- I believe. Clarify if I'm wrong. I believe the first and second place teams on each division automatically make the playoffs, and then a few third place teams, right? So yeah. So the way the format's going to work is just like you said, the top two teams in each division will make the playoffs and then the next two best winning percentage teams in each the national league and the american league will make the playoffs so it'll be a total of 16 teams just above 50 percent of the uh entire major league baseball league will make the playoffs this year Mm -hmm. and then from for my prediction i guess for for the champion uh i relatively i root for the yankees i mean they always have injuries so you never know but i think i think the front runners have to be the dodgers i just think like Mookie Betts is killing it. That lineup is so deep, and they have really good starting pitching. Uh, I think I think they're the clear front runners for now. But obviously, you know Clayton Kershaw and, and 
and the other pitchers have a history of choking in the playoffs. So, so we'll see. Uh, the thing about baseball is, man, it, it really is unpredictable in the playoffs. So uh, just hoping that we have a season. But Connor, we're definitely going to have you on, you know, as the season wraps up and we get into playoff formatting oh, we'll, and, and all that. We'll so we'll definitely get you baseball. on for baseball. Yeah, exactly. We'll have you on for a, a baseball episode. Um, so today's episode is all about our favorite reality show, Survivor. Yes, that show is still on TV. Uh, me and Connor are pretty much the only two people that I know that still watch and keep up with it. So we definitely wanted to have a podcast about that. Uh, and we're going to discuss, you know, our top 10 uh, seasons and, and our top 10 players. But before we begin on that, um, I'm going to hand off the moderating duties to Jason. So me and uh, Connor don't yell at each other too much. I don't want to have too much power, you know, debating <laughs> Connor and also being the host. So we're going to pass it off to Jason. So Jason, here's your, here's your chance, man. Here's, here's the hosting duties. All right. Well, this is a big deal right now. But uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to start off by going through the top 10 favorite seasons. Um, and we'll go in reverse order. So uh, if we want to just get right into it, I'll have Connor start with his, his number 10. Yeah, absolutely. So for number 10 for me, I played it nice and simple, a little bit safe. Um, I'm giving some love to Survivor Borneo for my number 10 that for anybody that does not know is the very first season. So obviously Survivor, just a quick background, um, 40 seasons, 20 years, they do two seasons a year. Um, and so Survivor Borneo kicked this entire show off. And without Borneo, we don't have anything that we have today and Survivor wouldn't have gone as far as it is going. So I had to give a little bit of love to that first season right there with my number 10 uh, pick. Awesome. Survivor Borneo. Awesome, yeah. And then actually really quick what I want to do is, so for, for me who I don't watch Survivor and then other people who are listening who don't watch it, can can you guys just quickly summarize the show and like what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. Kushal, yeah. you want me to take that or? Yeah, you take it. You take all it. All right, all right. Um, so a little bit of history behind uh, Survivor. Like I just said, uh, it's been 40 seasons. They just finished up season number 40, 20 years two seasons a year. And basically what it is, is you have 20 castaways or 20 people that volunteer to put themselves stranded on an island um, every single season. And these 20 castaways battle back and front. Usually it's a two teams of 10. And basically the whole concept about this show is you have to work with your teammates to win challenges. So that way you could avoid tribal council, which is where you potentially can get voted off out of the show and out of the running to win a million dollars. And what the twist really is in this game is you have to vote out your own teammates throughout the uh, throughout the entire season. And then when you get to that final tribal council, you have to convince those people that you voted out of the game, a.k.a. the people that you said, no, you're not getting a million dollars. And you have to convince them to vote for you to win the million dollars. So that's the big twist. You're voting people out and then you're asking them for their forgiveness um, so that way you could still be the champion of the show and win the million dollar prize. Yeah, uh, I just want to add on to that. That was a really good summary, Connor. Uh, so it's a game of social politics. So what I really, really don't like reality TV in general, but what really drew me to Survivor, I've been watching the whole way. So I started when I was like four years old. Uh, obviously, I didn't you know, totally understand the game back then, but have, I've watched every season since. Um and what really drew me to that is that these people are put at their, you know, worst. Essentially, they've been they are starving for 39 days. They eat very little food. Um, they, they, you know, are dehydrated, not drinking enough water. And it really tests them to see how their decision making and how they can relate to people uh, under this 
dressing, you know, situation when you're starving, can you be friendly to people? Uh, can you work with them or are you going to snap on them? Uh, with survivor, it's hard to be reasonable, right? When you're starving, think about when you're like really hangry at work, right? It's the end of the work day. Uh, you haven't had a lot of food and you start to, you know, not you know, your decision-making gets thrown off. But imagine if that, this, you know, hangry feeling gets stretched out for 39 days. That's what's so interesting about this show, seeing these sociopolitical decisions being made by these people um, who, who are starving, uh, don't have any comforts that sleep on the ground um, and, and make really interesting decisions. So that's what draws me to this show. It's not scripted at all. Um, every season's always different, as Connor can can attest to. Uh, and there's certain characters where you're really drawn to that thrive in these situations that are starving and dehydrated, but still can pull off epic moves and 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 beat all their fellow contestants. So that's what drew me in. Um, Connor, I just want to ask you before we get more into the rankings: um, Have you watched since the beginning? Uh, why did you start watching, and why have you kept up with it all these years later? Yeah, absolutely. So I think just like you, yes, I have been watching since the beginning um, while I was extremely young. So like I just said, Survivor Borneo is my top 10 pick. Um, but I don't remember anything really probably from seasons one through seven or eight because I was so young. I didn't understand, you know, the social, the physical, the mental part of the game and really what was involved. I was just watching it because it was on TV. I didn't have a choice. Um, but really since probably Survivor token genes right around season mm -hmm. 15 that's when i really got to enjoy the game and learn how the game can evolve and what it takes to truly win um so yes i have been watching it um from the beginning and what really got me started was you know it was a family show we all used to watch it my mom my dad my sister eventually my kind of my sister and my dad dropped off from the show because they got a little bored by it but you know, my mom and I, we still watch it every single Wednesday, um, or at least we try to watch it every Wednesday when it's live and actual on TV rather than DVRing it these days. Um, and we are just, we, we stay so interested. Like you said, we learn to love certain castaways that are on the show. Um, Jeff Probst is a phenomenal host of the show and he keeps you engaged. But really from, not really the reality part of the show, but the business part of the show, they do a phenomenal job in in bringing on new seasons and new themes, whether it's David versus Goliath or winners at war, millennials versus Gen X. Um, and, and within each season, introducing new twists and new challenges. And we've seen the game evolve so much since the first season that it's, it's the game's never going to stay the same. It's, it's always going to keep evolving. And I think that's what has gotten the, the super fans involved for 20 years and 40 seasons in the making. Yeah, exactly. The game changes every year. And season 40 was one of the most interesting seasons as of to date. So the show definitely hasn't gotten stale to me. Um, I, I will start off on my rankings, but I just want to ask you one last thing, Connor, before we get into to my ranking. Um, how do you feel about, you know, season 41 obviously has been postponed due to COVID. Um, so we won't have a season this fall. The first time since 2000 that we won't have a season in the fall. Um, how do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's upsetting. I think Jeff Probst definitely wants to be taping survivor. He hates taking a break as much as we hate not having it to watch. Um, but I think when we were talking about baseball, you said it best right now, safety precautions are more important for everybody. And, you know, the most important part is this, the show is not being canceled. We'll get a survivor season, whether it's in the spring or next fall. Um, so it, it'll come when it comes, it's upsetting, but you know, you just got to learn to go with the flow right now, unfortunately with the year 2020 is going, 
And, you know, I found an alternative. I'm such a super fan of Survivor that I started watching Survivor Australia right now. So that's kind of my uh, little hunchback until Survivor uh, US comes back. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I don't know how it, it's I can't imagine a fall without Survivor. Like it's it's been, you know, basically our whole lives. We've been watching it, you know, every well, it's Thursday at first, but every every week during the fall and during the spring. So it's going to be so it's going to be so surreal not having that. But obviously, these are unprecedented times and eventually everything will come back. So can't wait Absolutely. till that. All right. All right. Enough of that. I think we can get into my ranking and get into the rankings in general. OK, so. Um, so for my number 10, I have Survivor Pearl Islands season seven, uh, won by the iconic Sandra Diaz Twine. Um, the reason I put it at number 10 for me, um, I, I really love Johnny Fairplay at the time. I think most people do. Um, obviously he had an iconic moment where during the family visit essentially is this one time, uh, in the season, uh, towards the end of the season where these contestants have one member of their family brought on. Um, and it really propels them and motivates them to get to the finish line and win. And, and during Johnny Fairplay's uh, family visit, he, he claimed to everyone that his grandmother died. Uh, apparently, his friend told him that his grandmother died, which was not true. We found out later. But because of that, uh, he did get sympathy. And the person that won that challenge brought him and gave Johnny Fairplay that reward and uh, ultimately saved him from tribal council that night from getting voted out so that was an iconic moment of him lying that his grandmother died uh because it was great so he said his grandmother died and then it cuts to him in confessional saying like oh no she's just watching jerry springer right now but i did it for the sympathy so i think he was the first like out of this world kind of player uh that stuck out to me obviously that season was big because of uh characters such as rupert who's appeared four times since then uh this pirate you know bigger than life character uh, that fit really well into that Pearl Island theme. Um, really enjoyed that season. I know most people didn't like the Outcast twist, which was the first time that um, players that were voted out had a chance to return. But I enjoyed it, you know, personally. Uh, the surprise factor and getting two players that were voted out initially come back into the game, and both of them made it into the final five, um, and one of them sitting at you know the final two. So I think I think it was interesting. It was the first kind of almost. Um, it was a second like tier of survivor if that makes sense more of more than uh it was different than the first few seasons which were just straight 39 days um no really twists uh this was the first season with huge twists um having the outcast twist and larger than life characters so that's why it's my number 10 awesome awesome uh don't be afraid to get into it you know if you have a disagreement about a favorite season you know let us know so oh, we'll get into it all right awesome <laughs> awesome so yeah we're only at number 10 so uh connor uh if you have nothing to say about that do you want to tell me your number nine yeah, I'll move right on to number nine for me. So um, my number nine is something that, again, there's so many great seasons. It could arguably number, it could be in the top three for me easily. Um, but number uh, season 17, Survivor Gabon. Survivor Gabon was wow. a... Oh, sorry. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't Here expect that. That's Here interesting. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. So Survivor Gabon is right around Survivor token team, uh, token chains when, again, like I said, that's when I first really started understanding the game and learning how it's played in, in order to actually win the game. So Survivor Gabon had, number one, a phenomenal cast of characters. It had, you know, Ken Jeong. It had um, Sugar, who was an iconic hero from that first 20 seasons of Survivor. Randy, an iconic villain from the first season, uh, for the first 20 seasons of Survivor. Corinne, um, Maddie, Susie. Um, but my number one 
one of my top 10 players, and you'll hear his name come up later, is the winner from Survivor uh, Gabon, Survivor Bob or Bob Crowley. Wow. I, I absolutely blow, love Survivor Bob. I'm not going to go into too much detail about him yet because, like I said, you'll hear him in my list later on uh, during this discussion. Um, but Survivor Gabon was all around a great season, a great cast of characters, and a lot of them that we have seen either play two or three times. I think some people we will see come back even more. Um, but I absolutely love Survivor Gabon. And like I said, from a personal standpoint, one of the first seasons that I actually started understanding the game and remembering them now 20 years later. I know I was like screaming during half your speech there, but <laughs> I know I respect it. Um, why I said, wow, is that Gabon isn't usually regarded as one of the top seasons. So it was really fascinating to see Connor say that. Um, I liked it as a kid because we, we were still kids at the time. I mean, I like Bob because he's he, Bob is this older guy. Um, really great adventurer can make literally anything out there. Like he made like swing sets, like, a fancy wooden bed for everyone. But Bob wasn't so great at the strategy of the game. Um, he kind of a little bit lucked out getting to the end uh, by his alliance. Like he really relied on Corinne and Sugar to get him there uh, in terms of strategy. Bob was just the really nice guy that won over Sugar essentially because people liked him more. Um, I mean, I don't, I like the cast in general. I think huge characters like, Ken, Sugar, Corinne, Bob. I, I like them individually. A um, little surprised you put them at nine, but I don't. I don't hate it. I, I like that take. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like but, I said, we'll get into that discussion about Bob later. He absolutely did not get to the end by luck. Um, but you know, we'll, we could argue about that a little later on. Okay. All right. I all already right. hear some some disagreements. So, Kuchal, let's go. Yeah, all right. My number nine, I think, is Survivor Panama. It's an all-time favorite of mine. Um, season, I, I believe, 12. Um, I just think the cast of characters in this season is like all-time. Um, you have Aris, the winner. Uh, Danielle, who returned in season 20. Terry, who was this middle-aged guy, won four, five challenges at the time. One of the best challenge beasts of all time. Uh, Suri Fields, commonly regarded as the best player to never win. Um, and the goat Shane powers best character of all time. It's a travesty. That guy didn't return on second chances and was not voted in by America. It, that was insane to me. He is one of the greatest characters that ever appeared on the show. Uh, he is, he was a complete like crazy player uh, that just made it so much fun to watch. But why I really loved this season is that you really got to know the final seven. Like I felt like I know knew each of them so well. Um, I, I also just, I, I liked the dynamic where basically Aris and Sari, um, had to navigate this alliance and lead this alliance that totally hated each other. Um, like Courtney, I remember Courtney and, and Shane really couldn't stand each other. Um, and, and they really, you know, Sari and Aris had to like control those two and, and, and really make it work. And they decimated uh, and dominated as an alliance, even though they all like couldn't stand each other. I thought that was fascinating. Um, obviously, you know, the big hero of the season is Terry. I think most people wanted either Terry or Sarita win. Um, so there, so they were a little disappointed at the end of the season when ours won, but I like ours personally. I thought he played a pretty good season in terms of being the leader socially while not like appearing as that and getting voted out early. Um, and, and I think it's an overall, a really great season. Connor, you have anything to say about that one? 
No, I mean, it's actually a season that I don't remember too well. I mean, a fun fact about it, Terry actually went to high school with my mom, so never met the guy, but I would love to eventually soon. Um, but no, Survivor Panama was a great season. Oh, wow. um, like I said, it is in the earlier parts of the Survivor history, so it's one that I'm a little unfamiliar with. But again, great cast of characters. There are some really memorable ones in there that we've, again, seen come up two or three times in the 40 seasons of Survivor. And overall, it definitely deserves a spot on someone's top 10, if not mine. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, wait, before Connor goes, dude, you got to watch it. I know we're going to have a gap between the next season. So that that's after Australia, try to watch Panama. I really okay. think you'll enjoy it. I'll absolutely get that on my list. All right, all right. So let's go to our number eight on your guys' lists. Connor? Yeah, so number eight for me was Survivor 22 Redemption Island. Um, Redemption Island is something where this was, like I said, Survivor season 22. It's in the first 22 seasons of Survivor. This was the first time ever where if you went to Tribal Council and got your name, um, if you were voted out of the game, you were not actually out of the game. Instead, you went to this place called Redemption Island where you would battle your back but you you would battle your way back into the game through a series of challenges. If you lost that challenge, then you were out of the game for good. But if you won enough challenges in a row, you would eventually get back into the game for, you know, a second shot more or less. So for that reason, for the it was the first time you weren't actually voted out. That's my number one reason for liking this season. In addition, again, like I like I'm going to say for pretty much everything on my list, a great cast of characters. Um, where we were first introduced to Matt Elrod, Francesca, who was famously voted out of the game not once but twice in the number one spot. Um, we all remember Ralph, and this is where we first um, were introduced to Andrea, who is a phenomenal Survivor contestant. Um, and then you also had Natalie and then Philip Shepard, who was first introduced. We all know Philip, who famously gave everybody nicknames on this season and later on in Fan versus Favorites. He was all over the map. He was, some could say a hero, some could say a villain. Um, but then my third reason that I love this season is when we were reintroduced to, in my opinion, probably the most famous uh, two villains of all time in Survivor history when Russell Hansen Rob or Boston Rob came back into the season and battled their way back. Russell Hance was unfortunately uh, voted out off of Redemption Island. But Rob Mariano, spoiler alert, uh, ended up winning that season, and he has gone on to be one of the most famous contestants of all time. Um, so overall, Redemption Island was a phenomenal season, and it was a historic one for the fact that they were not actually voted out of the game when going to Tribal Council. All right. Wow. Kushal, you got any, any thoughts on that one? Uh, I'm shocked, man. You're blowing my mind. I, I really enjoy your list because I think it's it's different than what most people would put. Uh, and I actually like that because I think most people regard certain seasons as the best. So it's interesting to see you put Redemption Island. I personally wasn't a huge fan of Redemption Island. Uh, I like, I mean, I really like Russell and I really like Boston Rob. I know most like super fans, you know, have certain feelings about Boston Rob that he's played way too many times. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I just didn't like that season because I just felt it felt so obvious that he was going to win after maybe the second or third episode because there was only one alliance went after him and he always had the numbers and nobody in his alliance even questioned what he was doing. They just all thought like, Oh, everyone's going to hate Rob and I'm going to go and win and I'm his number one and I'm just going to beat him at the end. But like he just had control the entire time. I just felt like it was so certain we were, we knew he was going to win after episode like two dude, but Hey, I mean, I love those characters, Boston Robin and, um, 
uh, Russell and specific, specifically. Uh, so if you enjoy those two, I, I see why you put them up there. I also really like uh, um, Andrea. I think she's um, obviously been a very popular player um, over you know the last you know ten years. And Jason, fun fact: Matt Elrod, who Connor mentioned, he's actually in Riverdale. Do you know Detective Jar- Charles Smith? Charles Smith, I think so. Yeah, uh, he's. He's Betty's brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. the detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so he he's actually in the season of Survivor. Oh, it's wow, kind of really? funny. Poor guy. I honestly felt so bad for him. He spent his entire game on Redemption Island. <laughs> he was miserable by himself. I felt so. I felt I felt terrible for him. Um, but when I saw him in Riverdale, I like had a. Um, I was like, oh, holy crap! How how the hell is this guy an actor? And I actually really like him on Riverdale, and I liked him on Survivor. So that's a tidbit yeah, about it's nice this. To know that he got a uh, nice career after Survivor. I mean, he's on Riverdale. After, after that psychological trauma, poor guy. <laughs> all right, all right. So Koosh, take it away. All right, this is number eight. Yeah. All right, this might be a little bit of a hot take. I, some people put this as the best season of all time. I don't feel that way. I think it's a very good season. I, it's not my favorite. Um, I have Survivor Micronesia at number eight. Um, why it's not my number one. I enjoy seasons that I perceive as fun. I, I enjoy strategy and cutthroat strategy, but I want I want the season to be fun. I want the players to you know play along with it. Survivor Micronesia had probably, if not the best, I think the best is Heroes versus Villain and Winners at War. So maybe the third best cast of all time. Um, like half the players are are iconic and and some of the best players of all time. But I did not feel like the season was that fun. I just think like players took it so personally getting voted out after uh, the merge. Like Ozzy, he was so bitter. Um, James was bitter. Like it just, it didn't, uh, put a good taste in my mouth. I, I really didn't enjoy the final tribal council where everyone was just murdering Parvati and Amanda. Um, and I also am a Suri stand, <laughs> big fan of Suri Fields, so I kind of wish she won. But I, I think this is one of the ten best seasons of Survivor. But uh, most people put it as the number one greatest season slam dunk. I, I don't see it that way, wow. so that's why it's my number eight. Wow, wow. Okay, so you have it a lot lower than everyone else. Um, you have any thoughts on that, Connor? You know, not on the specific season, but I think this is interesting to where to to see where our top ten lists are going to differ. I think so far, obviously, we've seen Kushal have a lot of seasons uh, one through twenty, and I'm more in the second half of the Survivor history. Um, so we'll see where it keeps going. But that's definitely you know, it, he's got the earlier seasons on his list compared to mine, where I got the later ones. Wow, Kushal, you're old as hell, dude. I think it's because, dude. No, I think it's because like. When you're a kid, you remember things like certain seasons fondly. You know what I'm saying? Like right. when you're like 10 years old, you're more invested into a TV show than when you're, you know, in our age, mid 20s. Um, that just, I just, I don't know. I guess I just attach more to the older seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the older seasons I remember, not so much for the, uh, you know, the big picture of the entire season, but I remember the little things like, where there was, you know, Johnny Fairplay's grandmother's bit when they had the loved one visit or Rupert stealing the shoes in his season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more of those little things that I remember rather than the whole big scope picture. Um, but overall, I mean, still, Micronesia was a phenomenal season and, uh, again, great cast of characters. Yep. All right. All right. Um, are we on? Connor, you're up, right? So are we heading Correct. Number, yeah, number seven? Number seven. Okay, number seven. Connor, let's hear it. So for that one, I have, again, second half of Survivor's history. Um uh, Survivor Kagyan season 28 
Um, so this was Survivor's first round of Brains versus Brawn versus Beauty, where instead of starting with two tribes, they started with three tribes. Um, and obviously you had one that was a beauty tribe, one that was full of what was supposed to be a brainy tribe or smart tribe, and one that was full of brawn or a muscle tribe. Um, so again, just a few people that played in this season that we have seen play uh, two times, some three times. Uh, obviously we had Wu, which was a phenomenal character. He was hilarious. He was not really an outdoorsman. He was more of a, I guess he wasn't away. Actually, he was a beachy guy. He didn't really understand the game of Survivor. I actually think he didn't watch the game before he actually played, um, but he still made it pretty far to the end. And then he eventually we sh uh, saw him again in Survivor Second Chance in Cambodia, where he played a phenomenal game and he made it again very far. Um, two other people, again, two villains that we saw butt heads the entire season, uh, Sp uh, Spencer Bledsoe and, as we know famously, Chaos Cass. Um, two phenomenal characters they were on probably the argue arguably the worst tribe in survivor history um they were part of the brain tribe and they could not win a single challenge alone they were horrible at puzzles which is extremely ironic since they were supposed to be smart um they were horrible at the muscle challenge at the mental part um those two along with tasha made it to the end pretty far um but it's only because they had to merge tribes they would not have lasted alone if they stayed on their individual brain tribe um, and then, of course, the two other characters that we got from that, which are famously very, very good friends. They're from the New Jersey area. Um, one of Kushal's favorite characters, Tony Vlachos, who just won uh, Survivor the 40. Goat. And then, of the course, goat. his best friend, Sarah Lacina. Two phenomenal characters. We've seen them both play three times now. Um, they are game changers. They are winners. Um, and they are phenomenal assets to the game of Survivor that represent it very well. So I got a question in this season. So only one person won or a tribe won? Yeah. Okay. So what Connor means is that one person won. So, so, what, I, so my question, yeah, my question would be what uh, tribe, what tribe were they from? Braun. So, yeah. Tony was from Braun. Ooh. Strength. I guess that's what matters, huh? Yeah. But he was, he was, he was also like one of the smart ones. So he was, he was literally like. Mm -hmm. both smart and strong Jack right and in this season tony he didn't win a lot of challenges um i actually he didn't win any in yeah, he didn't win any until winners at war um so he had to famously get his way to the end everybody knew he was going to win everybody watching knew he should have won um and actually chaos cast won or Wu won the last one he shouldn't have took tony but he stayed loyal he took tony tony ended up winning for his social game um, and that just showed one aspect of what Survivor really is. You don't have to win every physical challenge, but you do have to have you know some sort of momentum there and able to manipulate players in their minds. Very awesome, Kushaw, number seven. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, first, of all, I got to say, no complaints on Kagayan. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> Kagayan. The spot. I love Tony. Every episode is gold. Jason, um, if you ever want to get into the show, start at season twenty-eight. Survivor Kagiyan. That's what I tell everyone that asks, like, which season should I start with? Um, obviously, you if you don't want to go in order, that's fine. But I start with this one, man. The cast is phenomenal. Every player is good. I don't think there's a single dud in the entire cast. Um, Tony, down the stretch, does some insane stuff. Uh, the Spy Shack is just absolutely hilarious and effective at the game. It's it's pretty incredible. And like Connor said, Wu made one of the biggest mistakes of all time. Um, he literally just had to make one different vote and he would have won a million dollars. So, um, but great characters, uh, love that season. So no complaints with you putting that in your top 10. All right. So for my number seven, I got survivor second chance Cambodia 
like like Con- Connor mentioned it, um, you know, a little bit. It, there's a lot of players from Kageon on in Cambodia. Uh, that just shows how popular Kageon was. Um, S- Survivor Second Chance is one that is a season that um, really, you know, captured the entire Survivor audience because uh, essentially America voted for this cast. They put a ballot of I think 32 eligible um players and then uh america picked i think 20 of them or i think something like that um the only complaint i have on this cast is that i'm not going to say they should take one person out because i don't want to be mean but shane powers should have been on here um so i think one person in this cast could have been you know switched out for shane i just wanted him so badly on this cast to play again uh but survivor second chance uh is an iconic season i think it really shaped uh, the the 30s of Survivor and the 40 and, and season 40 in terms of strategy. Uh, this season heavily emphasized voting blocks. So before this, um, Jason, so you know, since you don't know Survivor, uh, most alliances were very cut and dry. Like you stuck with the same people the entire game, uh, the same group of maybe five, and then you would get to the final five and then cut each other. This was the first season where people switched alliances every episode there was no constant alliance uh it was you know voting blocks as steven fishback uh, made it popular um people would switch in and out of alliances uh for particular votes to benefit them um i think the final three was all great i I really like spencer i really like tasha i think jeremy definitely should have won this season um he won undefeated 10-0 uh, I think he deserved it. I think he played a great strategic and social game. Um, everyone liked Jeremy. Everybody was trying to take him out, but was kind of too afraid to take him out. Um, I think Kelly Wentworth also was great. Her idling out Andrew Savage, I think at 10, was one of mm-hmm. the best moments in the 30s. I think it was so great um, because so essentially, uh, let me explain to you know all the people that don't know and, and Jason. Um, so... Kelly got all the votes against her, but she played an immunity idol. You, you, they basically hide these hidden idols around camp, um, and everyone, everyone can look. Everyone looks for them. Uh, when one person finds it, they can play it in a tribal council, save themselves, um, and it really usually uh, creates great drama. So Kelly, out of the I think ten votes, got like eight votes. Like she was definitely going home, um, and she played an idol. And essentially, I think she might have been the only vote for Andrew Savage, or, or there might have been one or two more. There were two uh, so votes. Basically, there were two votes. I think it was her and Sierra. So they idled out Andrew Savage. Iconic moment. So great. Um, I think this cast is phenomenal. Uh, I think Keith Nail, totally underrated. Mm-hmm. So funny. He's just this middle salt of the earth um, guy from, you know, I think down south. Um, and he just has such great quotes where he was like, I think the one quote that really stuck out to me was like him saying, um, people asked if Survivor is a vacation, and he's like, Survivor isn't a vacation. Going to the beach is fun. Uh, going to the beach is vacation. Survivor ain't a vacation. And it was just so funny. Um, great guy, great quotes, um, great cast. So that's why it's my number seven. Any yeah, rebuttals? I, yeah, I couldn't uh, agree with that actually more. It did not make my top 10, but it did make my honorable mentions. Um, I'm always one for having a Survivor season where we have. Um, returning players i'd love to see how the players evolve usually when you have a returning season whether it is second chance whether it's a fan versus favorite whether it's winners at war um, that's usually when the game also takes a step upwards and it evolves whether it's with new twists or new challenges or new concepts Um, so i'm always a one for it it did have a great cast of characters 
Um, Keith Nail, someone I was debating putting in my top 10 for my favorite castaways. I, he just couldn't make the cut, but I loved Keith. Um, I love Kelly Wentworth. There's so many phenomenal players in there. Um, and I love that they also took people from, you know, the beginning of Survivor with even Kelly Wigglesworth made it. She played on the very first season. Um, and they also, like you mentioned, had a bunch of people from Kagai on. So they, they, they don't just take people from recent or old times. They mix it together. They evolve the game and they see how the players do. And it was a great season to watch. It's definitely one to recommend for anybody looking to get into this, sh- into the show. Awesome. Awesome. So with that being said, let's, we're, you know, we're making our way down here. So we're on number six now. So Connor, what's your number six best season or favorite season? So number six for me is, um, one of the ones from survivor, um, blood versus water and it's season 27. So blood versus water is basically a concept where they took half of the, the 10 castaways were returning players and 10 of them were new players. But the twist was those new castaways were related somehow to the returning players. So for example, Rupert came back, but Rupert came back with his wife. Um, Tyson came back with his girlfriend. Um, Colton, one of the most, one of the worst players in survivor history came back with his boyfriend. So you, you get the idea an uncle and a daughter might come or an uncle and a niece. Um, so that played a new twist into it. And then what happened was the returning players was one tribe. The new loved ones were another tribe. And now they had to, you know, while they wanted to play with each other and protect each other, they were still playing against each other. So if someone was winning, whoever won, you know, the challenge, they were sending their loved ones now to tribal council to potentially get voted out of the game. So it was a new element to the game of survivor. Um, it again had a phenomenal cast of characters. The winner of this season was Tyson Apostle, one of my all-time favorite survivors. I'm an old school kind of guy. Um, he is notoriously a villain. He's hilarious with Jeff, with the other castaways. Um, and he puts a certain tone, a certain type of tone on the game that is good for the game of Survivor. Um, and this twist was one that, you know, will go down in history. I think, I believe we um, saw Blood versus Water played out twice again in uh, Survivor San Juan del Sur. Yeah. So overall, it was a great theme. Hopefully, I think we will see another Blood versus Water probably within the next 10 seasons. Um, but it definitely deserves a spot on anyone's top 10. Koosh. Nope. Yeah, no complaints, man. I love Tyson. I think he is one of the best characters in the show ever. Uh, the blood water, blood versus water twist was uh, crazy. Um, it was the first time we had to see Tyson serious because of you know having his uh, girlfriend at the time in the in the in the game and and her you know eventually getting voted out and seeing him trying to avenge her. So I think it's a great twist. Uh, playing with family makes made it tough, but great great choice. Also, that's a sick name, Tyson Apostle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like. I'm gonna have to change my name to that. Yo, he's a legend. <laughs> All right, Koosh, number six. Number six. I think I have a season that, uh, if I'm reading the room correctly, I assume Connor has a, either one or two. I got Survivor Token Sheens at number six. Um, great, great, great season, uh, Jason. I, I, as you know, if you want to get into the show, uh, I recommend watching either Kageon or Token Sheens. This is a great season to start out with. Um, I think it's one of the more iconic seasons. I think you have, uh, I would say, four four of the greatest characters to ever play the game. Uh, one, starting off with Tyson, who unfortunately got voted out in the early merge, but was just so funny during the pre-merge. Um, and his, his him kind of, you know, uh, making fun of Sierra was kind of mean, but it was also so funny, but kind of mean, but so funny. <laughs> um, and then probably a top five character of all time, uh, Coach. 
in this season, making it pretty deep all the way to date 36. It's just so funny. Uh, Coach would always just say he would call himself the Dragon Slayer and he would say these ridiculous stories of him like being out in the middle of the desert by himself, seeing visions and somehow like levitating himself out of there. It was just so delusionally funny, but I think he was kind of weirdly self-aware. I think he was playing up a character for TV um, and it was just so, so funny to watch. And he did really make it far. Um, and I think he went out at the right place. I love coach. I don't know if I wanted him to be the winner because <laughs> it would just been so random of how he would win, but um, I am happy that he made it far. And then I think the greatest, arguably the greatest pair of all time, probably in the top three of pairs, uh, Steven and JT. Um, they're like synonymously known as the perfect pair. These two together controlled this and dominated this game like no else. It, it was kind of like Wendell and Dominic in season 36 and, and Rob and Amber in season eight. They were right up there as the greatest pair of all time. J, JT was a challenge beast, the social beast. Like everyone loved him. He, he, really, he really did well in the challenges. And Steven um, was the one who grounded JT. Great strategist. Steven really controlled the flow of who was getting voted out when. Uh, unfortunately, Steven was not able to convey that in his final tribal council speech, and JT won unanimously. Um, but J- JT killed the season. Um, he, people were literally ruining their own games to get him further. That's how much people uh, wanted him to win. I know Brendan at one point was like, if I don't win, I want JT to win and I'll help JT get there. And he was like the first person voted on the jury. It was like crazy to see how JT was able to, you know, really, uh, mix with this cast. Obviously JT's come back since, and we've seen, you know, some, some, some interesting moves and some bad moves from JT, but him and Steven together made this a great season. So that's my number six. Okay. Connor, give us your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so actually, you must be reading the room wrong, Shock. Uh, Token Change is not on my top 10. Um, what? Ha- however, I agree that it should be on a top 10, especially the way your list has been going. Um, Token Change is a phenomenal season. Um, there were a lot of great characters, like you just mentioned, that we've seen play two, three times, some of them four times. Um, Coach, Tyson, JT, Stephen Fishback. Um, Sierra has played again. Um I think I'm forgetting still one or two. There, there was just so many great characters. Um, it's not oh, in my top great. ten, but definitely it is definitely worth the watch. Um, and I can't argue more that Stephen Fishback and JT's um, alliance was probably one of the best alliances in Survivor history. Um, definitely the next one on my list. I do have one to battle that. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. I'll just I'll kind of go right into my next pick with that. Um, so for me, it's a more recent one season 36 ghost Island. Um, and it's just like you mentioned with Dominic and Wendell. Um, so survivor ghost Island, just a little bit of background about that season was sort of like survivor exile Island, except they weren't spending a night alone on this deserted Island, just themselves without their tribe. Instead, they would go to a different tribe that was full of, you know, mementos and props from previous seasons of survivor, such as the torch snuffers that Jeff used at tribal council. Um, certain immunity idols that were used in the past. Um, so they kind of tried to play Ghost Island as like this haunting ground for the castaways of that season. So that way, you know, they would feel that they don't want to be haunted by the stupid moves of the past and from this game and from previous players, such as James walking out with two idols or Eric giving up the um, immunity necklace that famously got him voted out of um, that season. I forget what season it was, but. Um, so Micronesia. I wasn't a big fan of the actual 
concept of Ghost Island, but why I love this season was yes, it had a great cast of characters and like Dominic and Chris butted heads the entire time until Chris finally got voted out. Um, but the alliance between Dominic and Wendell was one that was played absolutely perfectly all the way up until the end. We obviously saw them both make it to the end. They won challenges together. They protected each other's back. They told the truth to each other. Um, and they worked every single castaway on that season, um, whether it was in the merge or the pre-merge. And they, they every single tribal council went their way. I don't think they were blindsided once. Um, and that just shows you how well of a strategic player those two were as a duo. Um, Wendell, we obviously saw come back in Winners at War. The, did, didn't play a great season. Um, he really wasn't strategic. I do think we'll see Dominic come back very soon because um, he is one that everybody loved. He was a fan favorite. And like I said, he played the game perfect. Um, and then, of course, famously for this season, which may never happen again, it was the first time where at the final three, um, the votes were read at Tribal Council because there was a tie. Um, we had you know, whatever it was, eight votes for Dom, eight votes for Wendell. And we saw finally what happens if there's a tie, the third person in that final three, they have to step up. They're voted out of the game. They become the final member of the jury. And then they voted, um, I forget who's, what her name was, but she had to vote for either Wendell or Dom, um, which was tough because while Wendell and Dom were so close, um, that third person was also very close to the uh, Laurel, right? She was also very close to those two gentlemen. Um, but she had to, you know, she had to get up out of the game and she had to go vote for them, one of them right on the spot. And when the votes were read at the live reunion, you know, we knew who the winner was because of that one vote, which uh, obviously ended up becoming Wendell. But, you know, I think the end of Ghost Island, while the concept wasn't the greatest, and I don't think we'll see it come back at all, um, the ending to the show was really what brought this season into my top 10. Okay. Um, Kujaw. Wow. Aha, uh-huh, man. I lo- I'm loving your list. It's, it's very interesting. Rip into What's him. up? All right. Um, I'm surprised you put Ghost Island, but I-, I love to hear the list. I love to, you know, hear your perspective. Uh, was not one of my favorite seasons. I really liked, I mean, I liked Wendell and Dom. I think they're great. Uh, really enjoyed both of them. I personally was rooting for Dom a little more. I think Dom was, you know, con- really controlled the strategic aspect of the game and, and controlled uh, their alliance but Wendell was you know obviously um, the social player the better social player made great bonds um, so I'm, I wasn't disappointed that Dom didn't win I, I really like Wendell too I think he was very deserving as well um, what I didn't like was I think the pre-merge of the season was phenomenal I think it was very entertaining but I think the merge was so um, clear-cut that Dom and Wendell were gonna win I think it was predictable Um it really, it really, this season really came down to whether Laurel and uh, Donathan would make their flip. Donathan wanted to. Uh, Laurel, you know, just wasn't seeing a way for her to flip. And it made the season too predictable. Like, I think once Chris Snowball vote, was voted out with an idol in his pocket, we kind of knew that Dom and Wendell were going to win this season, one of the two. Mm-hmm. So it was just figuring out which one of the two was going to win rather than who's going to win, if that makes sense. But. Um, I, I, if you really like both Dom and Wendell, I see why you put them in your top 10. Kush number five. All right. My number five, we're going with, I don't know if this is one of the best five best seasons of all time, but it's, it's just a personal favorite of mine. Um, it's survivor cook islands. I, I love this cast. I, they, they survivor did a horrible decision initially splitting this, these castaways by race. 
I just think it was just not a great decision. Uh, made it a race war. So luckily, that was only two episodes that that lasted before they realized this is a horrible thing we're doing uh, and dumb. And they broke away from that. And then once they broke away from the race thing, I really, really love this season. Um, I think it's full of uh, great characters, arguably up there with uh, Kageyan as the best newbie cast of all time. You got Yule, the the winner, who controlled the strategic game. Obviously, he was helped by the Super Idol. Essentially, the Super Idol was the first rendition of a hidden immunity idol. Uh, but from seasons 11 through 13, you could play it after the votes. Uh, and that's why they called it the Super Idol, because you, know, you could be voted out and technically and then play it after the votes have been casted. Uh, they changed that after this, after Cook Islands. Uh, for you to have to, you have to play the idol before the votes are casted now. So you can play it wrong or uh, not play it at all and get voted out with an idol. Uh, so Yule is helped by that super idol, but I think he still deserved to win. He was really controlled the, the strategic and social game. Uh, people looked at him as a robot, you know, initially, but I, I think he really did do well on, in, on controlling the strategy of the game and connecting with people he needed to. He needed to connect with Jonathan Penner uh, to get the numbers with the I24. Uh, into the merge and he did he used his idol to uh you know bring jonathan penner into his side and and to get the numbers and i think that was brilliant i think ozzy was huge uh in the season he dominated team and individual challenges um and he he lost by one vote he easily could have been the winner of the season and i wouldn't have been mad obviously you have parvati who, who won later in season 15 and is regarded as one of the greatest players of all time uh jonathan penner who i truly enjoyed i think jonathan penner is a great confessional giver i think he's hilarious uh candace who we've seen you know two times since then um i just think oh cowboy was hilarious in the pre-merge but i just think this cast is is great um not too many duds, uh, probably six or seven really great players. And uh, I, I just enjoyed watching the upset of the I24 who were down in numbers eight to four and could have been picked off slowly take advantage and control of the game. And uh, those four, after being down eight to four in terms of numbers, were the final four and one of them won. So uh, great season, great characters. That's why it's my number five. Connor, you got anything on that? Not too much, but I think it is interesting how definitely I think the, our two lists just show off how great this show truly is. And for somebody that doesn't want to watch it, they definitely should try and get into it. You know, I'm showing off a lot of the newer seasons. Um, Kushaw showing off a lot of the older season. And that's just because it, it, there's so many great moments in this show. Um, they've been on for, like I said, 20 years. And it's, it, it's incredibly difficult to pick 10 seasons to be your favorite um, because there's so many great moments. So while, while, Pearl Islands and and so many other seasons that Kushal's picking, they're not on my list. They're phenomenal, and you know they very well could be if I was you know critiquing Survivor differently. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's kind of. Oh, sorry, Jason. Okay. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's crazy how much um, we don't have any. We don't really have too much overlap in our list, and I think I agree with your point that there's just so many great seasons as you're illustrating um, that we really didn't have too many seasons overlapping. Like we've had very different seasons on, and uh, it's just fascinating. Yeah, I was going to say um, there's been almost no overlap, and then it sounds. I don't really know what like the consensus um, you know rankings are, but it sounds like Connor's is a lot more. Is a lot more differentiated than the consensus and i feel like kushal's might be more consensus because you're more uh yeah you're more when it, when connor's going through his list you're more surprised 
Yeah, no, I, I love Connor's list because so I like follow these podcasts and and and, and all these lists that like talk about greatest seasons of all time. Uh, I think mine's slightly different than them, but I probably follow more on the same thing as them. So hearing Connor's is very uh, interesting. It's a it's a breath of fresh air, and uh, I love hearing his arguments about why he loves those seasons. And they're all, they're all great seasons. So it's not like I really uh, am thinking he's crazy or anything. Yeah. It's just it's just interesting to hear. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we are on the bottom half now of the rankings. So at number four, Connor, you want to take that away? Yeah. So number four for me is season 34. It's one that I have loved for various reasons. Uh, people could arguably put it on as their favorite season of all time. Um, it's right up there with winners at war heroes versus villains. Um, but season 34 is survivor game changers. Um, like I said, so many reasons just to start out with the cast. Um, this was one where we had all new, um, all returning castaways come back to play the game. So people like Sarah Lucina, Brad Culpepper, Troy Zan, Ty came back, Aubrey, Sari, an absolute legend of the game, even though she's never won. Um, Michaela, Andrea, Zeke, Ozzy, Jeff Varner, Sandra, the two-time winner, JT, Malcolm, Tony again, um, Sierra, who famously voted out her mom. So many great players in this game. So many reasons to love this season and to definitely watch it. We saw new twists. We saw, once again, like I said before, returning players come, the game evolves. Um, we saw very serious moments in the show this season where we saw Jeff Farner out Zeke um, for being a trans. It was a tribal council that we hopefully will never see again. We never saw it coming. Um, it was the heat of the moment where Survivor took Varner the wrong way and he brought real life into the game, which should never happen. It's not good for the game. It's not healthy. And we saw, you know, a tragedy just, play it was out. A good, it was not a good. It was not a good uh, people moment. Jeff Farner totally was wrong in that situation. Right. I, I am sorry, Connor. I just wanted to interject because this was a really powerful moment. Um, I am. I am heartened to see like the rest of the castaways in that tribal council surround Zeke and support him. Um, I just wanted to add that. So. Yeah, it was. Go a, ahead. It was I'm sorry. A, the tribal council started off horribly, but it, it eventually did get uplifted with, like you said, his teammates, you know, having his back and being there to support him, and it did it turned out to be a very nice moment in, in the show and in the episode, um, you know, going even further, Cole pepper who ended up was being the runner up that season played a great social game and physical game. He won four or five challenges in a row at the end. And if he lost any one of them, he would have been voted out. Um, so he had to fight for his life pretty much alone, even though he had an alliance with Ty um, and he kept doing it. It was the first season where we saw hidden immunity idols being played um, at challenges, meaning that they weren't hidden at camp, they were hidden at a challenge. And while I, I know Troy Zand for a fact got found one um, where he was in the middle of a challenge, and while also trying to win the challenge, he had to try and get that um, immunity idol without any of his teammates or opposing teammates um, uh, catching him in the act. So that was also very interesting to to watch and to see it play out. And then the other two reasons why I love this show, obviously the winner, Sarah, played an absolute perfect game socially, physically, and mentally. Um, she got into the minds of pretty much every castaway out there, had a great alliance, um, and ended up getting to the end, I, you know, some would say very easily. She found every advantage, every clue, every idol that was in that season, and she played an outright perfect game to put herself at one of the best survivors to ever play. Um, and then on top of that, like I said before, Suri was a legend. She's played four or five times. She has never won the game, but she was famously and notoriously voted out of this season um, because there was nobody else to vote for. So just a very quick background. There were five people left in the game. 
Um, Brad Culpepper had the immunity idol, so he could not, or the immunity necklace, so he could not be voted out. Then Ty had two idols that he played, one for himself, one for Aubrey. Troyzan played an idol, and then Sarah Lucina played the... Um, legacy advantage. The legacy advantage, yes. Um, so that left Sari the only one to vote for. Um, famously, obviously, as we know, idols at tribal councils are played after everybody has voted somebody out. So Sari did not have a single vote for her that night, but because there was just physically nobody else to vote for, she was unfortunately taken out of the game. And if she wasn't taken out that night, who knows, she could have ended up winning that season potentially. Um, so over round, we saw the game evolve. It really was a game-changing season. Um, you know, no pun intended with the Game Changers title, but it was a great season and it should be on uh, pretty much everybody's top 10. I'll be shocked if Kushal doesn't have it, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Kush. <laughs> What's, yeah, I don't think he has it. This is one of my bottom 10 seasons. I really Whoa. don't like Game Changers at all. Um, oh, I, I think, okay, so it's not that I don't dislike this cast. I think half of them are Game Changers. The other half, I wish, were on a second chance season. I don't think they're Game Changers. Uh, I don't want to name names because I'm not, I don't want to be mean, but, um, I think half of this cast, and I think, you know, you could probably recognize which half the cast I'm talking about are true game changers. And the other half, I wouldn't say are game changers. I'd say they're more people I'd want to see in a second chance. Like, I don't think they're bad players, but I don't definitely don't think half this cast are game changers. Uh, so the name of the season was a little confusing to me. Um, I think one reason I didn't like this season is that the the the, the great players in the season um, were voted out in the pre-merge. Like... The, this pre-merge made this season brutal to watch at the end because the players you were really excited to see that you were like glued to your TV for were all voted out. Let me let me let me read mm-hmm. to you this pre-merge of just certain players. First, Sierra, I, I enjoy watching her. She's not afraid to make the big move. Uh, second, voted out the goat Tony Vlachos. That's a huge blow to the season. Third was Caleb. I wasn't, you know, you know, that's not a huge loss, unfortunately, but. Uh, but then fourth, Malcolm. Malcolm was someone we were really looking forward to see. Um, and, and he even just voted out in this, the weirdest dual tribal council where they brought both tribes in and had to vote someone out. And it had to be Malcolm. Um, that was a huge loss. Uh, JT, one of the greatest players of all time, uh, was voted out fifth. Sandra Diaz-Twine, the two-time winner, was voted out sixth. Um, well, Jeff Varner deserved to be voted out, so I'm not going to include him. Um, so, so I just named like five of the most excited players on this cast voted out in the pre-merge. Like it just every week during the season in the first few weeks, I was just disappointed because I was waiting to see Malcolm voted out early. I wanted to see Tony after Kageon voted out early. I wanted to see Sandra, what she could do voted out early. I wanted to see um, JT again to see if he could avenge that big mistake he made in heroes versus villains voted out early. Um, and, and with all these great players being voted out early, like the, the post merge of this game, it just left a lot to be desired to me. Um, you, you know, it just, I saw a lot of, you know, the, a lot of the powerful members of this cast were just voted out early and then don't even get me started on the advantage get in that led Suri to be voted out. That was ridiculous. How I don't blame the players. This is not the player's fault, but how does production let in the final, I think five or six, I, I want to say six. It could be five. Like you said, uh, say, say six, how could they let five players possibly be immune in the final six? That is just so ridiculous. That doesn't even make the game fun. Like, Sari didn't get a single vote against her. 
they, like Jeff brought out the urn after she didn't get any of the votes and she was out of the game. Like, that's just crazy. You can't let five players have idols. And I don't blame a single member of this cast for that. It's not their fault. They're, they're supposed to do what they're supposed to do. Um, But it just made that vote ridiculous and let five of the six be safe. Like, and we all were rooting for Suri, one of the great, the greatest, one of the greatest players to never win. And she was gone because she didn't have the, she didn't have an idol. Like it was just crazy. Um, So I'm fired up about this season. Uh, Not towards you, Connor. I just, that, that vote makes me so angry. No, yeah, but uh, I mean, just to throw some perspective in there too, I think some of the things like but getting voted out because no idol, I think that's just a flaw in her game and why she's never won is because she doesn't care. She doesn't She doesn't have what? the aspect to go look for the hidden immunity idols. Um, Bro, it was, yeah, but like there's two, that was, there were too many idols in that situation. Like her social game was so great. There have been so many winners that won without idols, right? Um, and, and she just got, she just got screwed out of the scenario. Cause not everyone had an idol. Some people had legacy advantages. Some people had, all I'm saying is like, there were too many people safe too close to the end. Yeah. And I that mean, left a bit of taste. That's definitely a fair aspect to look at it too. Um, but you know, then even going forward when you said, you know, Malcolm was voted out and it wasn't his fault. It was, it was JT's fault, but you know, I look at this season and look at then, you know, this was what, uh, season 34. So then the next six seasons is when you truly saw tribal council start to scramble and you saw people get up at tribal council. Like, JT yeah, but that was, was Cambodia. Well, J- oh, no, that was, thir- no, that was JT. You're right. Yeah. You're right. That I'm was sorry. game changers. JT was the first person to ever get up at tribal council and speak to somebody else to try and, you know, get a scramble going. And that changed the game and helped the game evolve for the next six seasons. And, you know, on for when we eventually begin production again. Um, so I think, you know, it's definitely the fair aspects, different views from the season. But, you know, Suri, a legendary player, went out in legendary style. Fair enough. Uh, so do you like when people get up in, in Tribal Council now? I liked it the first few times. I'd say maybe 34 to 37, I enjoyed people getting up. But in the last few seasons, it's kind of uh, been a little bit annoying because it happens every Tribal Council. There's not a lot of subtitles all the time, so you don't know what they're saying. Um, and it's just kind of like this. You're just watching TV of people just whispering to each other. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. It definitely gets a little bit, you know, funky when it does happen every single week um but you know the reason i like it too is because jeff probes knows how to deal with it and his reactions are sometimes priceless to see the looks on his face when those types of scenarios are playing out fair in big moments it is good to watch okay all right uh so big comment on that one so we're still on control you have your number four correct oh yeah i'm so sorry guys i spent no, like 10 minutes like of blasting like that season um okay let me get to my season four all right so number four i have the most recent season survivor winners at war. Um, I think greatest cast of all time, you know, you have 20 winners. Uh, this cast couldn't be bad. They're all great. Obviously they won the game. There were a few winners that I wish were on this. I think uh, Richard Hatch, you want to see the original winner out there, I guess, you know, controversies in the past. I get it, but I did want to see Tina Wesson, the first female winner. I think it's kind of crazy that she wasn't even asked. Um, and there are a few other people that uh, weren't asked that I kind of wish were, but hey, you still get a good cast. I, I'm not going to complain about it too much. I think the season was re- was really interesting. It was so uh, interesting to see all these people that were known as winners and and have won the million dollars and and being argued as the greatest players of all time going against each other. Um, it was fascinating to see that. I had a hard time rooting for someone in particular because. 
I like all these players. Like every week was hard, man. I, I enjoy all these players. So when I saw, for example, that um, Ethan was voted out like third, I, that made me so sad um, because, you know, we've been waiting to see Ethan since season eight and he just got voted out really quickly. So th- this game was hard to see, um, you know, people getting voted out because you liked every single person. Uh, why I put it at number four was uh, I wanted to see more of these old school players, uh, you know, get into the game and, and and mix it up with the new school players, but the new school players dominated. The old schoolers were all out pretty much by the merge. I think the last old schooler technically was Tyson who was voted out on day 19, but then won um, on uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the Island called? Um, uh, edge of extinction. Edge of extinction. Oh yeah, whatever. Edge of extinction. Uh, he won an edge, edge of extinction. He came back and then got voted out. You know, a few votes later. But uh, Tyson was the furthest old school player, so the new schoolers really dominated the game. I had you know nothing against that. But the the end of this game, I was rooting for one person, Tony. And I think after Sophie went, it was kind of obvious Tony was going to win. Um, and I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, I love Tony. It was so, so great to see him win again and be the goat now. Um, but you know, it was a little predictable. Uh, I don't. I mean, obviously, I love the season. It's my fourth favorite season of all time. Uh, but that's that might be why it's not number one. But great season to watch. Iconic cast, probably the greatest cast of all time, and uh, love the season. All right. Um, with that being said, Connor, did you have any words on that, or should we get into our um, top threes? I'll actually, I'll just continue off of that because my top three, my number three is uh, Winners at War, season 40. Um, so, you know, we're back, there back we go. on that one. And I pretty much don't have it as number one for the same exact reasons of Kushal. Um, number one, I'm a big old school player guy. You're going to hear that in my top 10 list. Um, but like you said, Sandra, Ethan, Rob, Tyson, Yule, Parvati, and Amber all got voted out back to back to back. Um, the new schoolers easily won that game. Um, and I'm a big, I love Tyson. I love Rob. Ethan played a great game. You can't really hate Sandra, even though some do. Um, and on top of that, it's not number one. Cause as Kushal said, I would have liked to see different players there. Um, I'm not a big Nick fan who won, um, David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. Um, I didn't really need to see Amber back. I love that she got to play with Rob again, but I, she wasn't big in my mind. Um, I would have loved to see Richard Hatch and Tina play again. Like you said, the first two winners, um, interestingly enough, Kushal, you said they were not asked. However, I read a couple articles and um, watched a couple different videos. They, they were, were cut. Yeah, yeah, they were asked. And then two days before production, they were both cut. We don't know why, um, but they were both supposed to be on the show. And arguably, if you're going to have an all winner show, definitely Richard Hatch should have been on there. If he was, maybe this would be number one for me. But for that reason, I, I, I just can't put it number one. They deserve to be on the show. Um and then it's also not number one. I didn't really care for the fire tokens this season. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't a big fan of that. I did appreciate the strategy behind it, especially for the people from Edge of Extinction, like Natalie. Um, they did play the fire tokens very well, but I'm hoping it's not something that we see play out much more in the future. We we are going to see fire tokens. I don't think they executed it too well in this season. Like The players didn't know that when they bought an advantage, the tokens would go to someone on the edge. Uh, and I think that really you know, it caused some misinformation and some disadvantages for the players in the game. I also think edge of extinction kind of hurt this season. Um, and it, I, I, although it was great to see, you know, Rob and Ethan and Amber and, and Natalie on our screens after they got voted out, it also just made the story of the season a little fuzzy, like on the Island itself. 
um, we really took some time out of strategy to go to the edge. And uh, while I love those players, I wanted to focus more on the strategy of the game and, and on the island. So maybe right. that's why it might not be number one. Yeah, and I get it. So, like Edge of Extinction is something I don't think we'll see a lot in the future because fans, I think, are starting to hate that. Um, but I get why they did it because people would have been a lot more upset if once they saw Tyson get voted out fourth or fifth and then Rob and then Parvati, if they if we saw them off of our screens, people would have been a lot more upset because Survivor needed those big names and those big faces to be on their screen throughout the entire season. Yeah. Um, Connor, anything else to add for number three? Uh, no, I'm good there. Winners at War, great season. Definitely worth the watch. Teacher Jason, can I go next? Kushal, you're allowed. <laughs> okay. Number three. I got Survivor David versus Goliath. Um, season 37. Uh, this is probably one of the best newbie casts of all time. Um, yeah, you said, you know, you Nick wasn't your favorite. I, I like Nick. He's not my favorite player of all time, but uh, I just think this cast is so deep. Like, I really enjoyed Mike White, the runner up. I enjoyed Angelina. Angelina was probably one of my, you know, favorite characters in, in the thirties. She's just so, she was so bold. Um, and, and the, the bargaining for the rice. So basically her tribe ran out of rice to eat. So they had no food and she had to like bargain with the the host of the show, Jeff Probst to get rice. And it was just such a funny scene, um, where she was trying to barter with Jeff and Jeff was like not having it. And he basically made her sit out. Um, of a challenge in, t- in return for getting rice and then she tried to milk that getting the rice for the tribe like the entire rest of the game and it was just so funny <laughs> to see everyone's reaction to oh angelina you bought the rice i didn't know that i didn't hear it the first 85 times you said it uh but she was a great character i love angelina i can't wait to see her in a future season um uh mike white wait jason you know mike white he's um did you watch school of rock no with his out jack, oh, that with, uh, jack black jack black yeah, I know, yeah. I so i haven't seen it though but i know it Okay, Mike White was in School of Rock. It's probably and he's like a writer, so maybe if you watch that, you would you would have known that. Um, but no worries. He he was really funny. I think he's a great character. Uh, Davy, uh, Davy. I think the the entire David Alliance was so rootable and made the season so great. Davy, you love Davy. Uh, Christian was like the star of the season for the first uh, thirty five days that he was in. Uh, Christian was this like uh, nerdy, as he would say, self proclaimed nerdy professor that just really got well and fit in with both tribes, the Davids and the Goliaths um, and was just so likable and um, was a huge target and was able to, you know, get to day 35, even though the entire beginning of the merge, he was the target. Um, He was great. Gabby was great. She was not afraid to take the big move. I like Gabby probably more than most people like Gabby. Uh, Carl, I think is funny uh, as part of the David Alliance. And I think the Goliaths were great too. John Hennigan, who's a professional wrestler, but was able to be vulnerable. I think it was so great to watch uh, Alec Merlino in that iconic challenge with uh, Christian where they were standing on the, I don't know, even know what to call it. Like this, like they were standing on this in this uncomfortable position and they had to like stay there for like six hours. And Christian was just trying to talk all like 24 seven to drive Alec crazy and to see Alec just try to tell Christian to shut up. And then eventually Christian just annoyed Alec out of the challenge and out of the game, essentially, because he got voted out. Um, long story short, I think the season format was great. Every time you have a, a, a anytime you have a season called David versus Goliath, there's a clear narrative on what the season's about. Underdogs versus people perceived as favorites. Um, and I think the casting on the season is what made it a top three season. Okay. Connor. Connor, Connor, Connor. Do you have any? Yeah. Uh, me, uh, do you want to go to your number two? David? 
Or do you yeah, I'll give you number that? two because I really don't have too much to say on David Goliath. Right. Not okay. one of my favorite seasons. And you we'll get the show on the road. No, I don't have too much to say. I think, you know, short short and sweet, um, Kushal brought up good points for somebody that is going to like that uh, show. It was a great character, uh, cast of characters. No one's going to uh, ever forget Christian talking to Jeff Probst in that challenge for six hours. Um, Kara was very funny when he had the, uh, the, the advantage to block an immunity idol. Um, so it, it was an okay season, but like I said, not one of my favorite. But I'll go right on to number two, um, so that way we could get this list since we're almost done. Um, so for me, my number two is something that Kushal is definitely going to give me some flack on, but it's um, season 19, Survivor Samoa. Not in my list, but don't <laughs> hate it. I love the start of the season, so I'm not going to give you shit. <laughs> yep, there it is. That's the sole reason why I love this. Um, Survivor Samoa did not have a good cast of characters. There really are no memorable ones except for one, maybe two. Um, one of those being, of course, Shambo, who was this old school female that was from the middle of the country um and and she was she was funny she was awesome um yes her name was shambo um and you know she made the season worth watching um but more than ever one of the most famous players to ever play the game one of the best villains to play the game russell hance was in this season um he arguably changed the game of survivor he found three or four hidden immunity idols without clues not arguably connor not arguably he changed the game I can't. I, I can't argue with that. I absolutely love Russell. Um, he changed the game. No, before Russell, nobody found an idol hidden at camp without using a clue. Like I said, he found three or four of them. He won challenges. He undermined or undermined every single person on his tribe. Played the idols when he should have. Had great alliances where he went back and forth, um, and he all around is a great player and. No one's ever going to forget the final tribal council for uh, Samoa, where arguably Russell Hance got snubbed of winning the million-dollar vote. In my opinion, it is the worst final tribal council of all time. Russell should have won. He was a great player, but people were just too upset and annoyed by Russell's actions that season um, because nobody ever played a game as deceiving as Russell did from this season. But arguably... Again, it was around the time of Token Chains and Gabon where I first started watching Survivor and understanding it more. Um, so Samoa will always be one of my top uh, favorite seasons of all time. Kushal, what do you got? What do you got on that? Survivor Samoa, it wasn't in my top 10, but uh, as we get into top 10 players, I think Russell, Russell, it makes the season. If you love Russell, you're going to love the season. If you don't like Russell, you're not going to like this season at all. Uh, it's the Russell show. He, I arguably had maybe the highest confession count of all time. I have to check on that, but it's up there. Um, he dominates the season socially, strategically. Um, it's just, you know, he doesn't win. So that makes the season kind of a weird one for me. Uh, but I don't hate it since you enjoy Russell. I get why you love this season. I enjoy the season as well. Um, I just wish there were some other, you know, characters that we did get to know as well, along with Russell, but it really was a Russell show. So, you know, not going to hate it if you, you, you enjoy Russell. So I see why it's there. Uh, so my number two is Survivor Kagayan. Uh, Connor, you had that on your list, right? Number eight. Uh, yeah, I had it on my list up at um, number seven. Okay. Okay. So we both have this list. Uh, we're, we're in agreement. I'm not going to, you know, kill the points you made and, and say the same thing. Um, Great cast. Uh, love Spencer. Love Cass. Uh, love Tasha. Love Wu. 
Um, Tony, Tony's the goat. Tony's so funny. Um, makes big moves, bold moves. Uh, really fun season to watch. Um, Wu makes one of the biggest mistakes in Survivor history, taking the wrong person at the end. But honestly, as a fan, uh, I enjoyed his mistake. I loved seeing Tony at the end. Uh, great season. If you're a new Survivor fan, you want to get into, if you want to get into Survivor, uh, I recommend starting off on this season, season 28. Uh, great season to, you know, really uh, get into the Survivor world. So that's it. That's all I have on Kageon. Okay. Connor, you have any, anything to say on that one? No, no. Like I said, we both had it on our top 10 list. It's a great season. Um, and let's get right to, you know, our number okay. one pick. Cause I think right. it's going to be the same pick. Okay. That let's see. Kushal, don't say anything. Actually, you guys should just both say your, your thing right now to see if it's the same. And then we'll talk. Okay, about you want to do a three, two, one, say it. Jason. Okay, you yeah. yeah I'll, I'll give you a countdown. Ready? Three, mm-hmm. two, one. Heroes, Heroes versus, versus villains. villains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Connor, you want to, you want to take it away? Yeah, I mean, um, so this was um, Heroes versus Villains was season 20, so right at the midway point. So obviously we saw season 20, Heroes versus Villains, season 40, Winners at War. Um, this was easily the biggest season of all time. It was the the first main season where they had a lot of returning characters. Obviously around season 8, they did All-Stars, um, and they did another fan versus favorites at some point in the early years. But this was a phenomenal cast of characters. It had Russell Hands, Boston Rob, Sandra Parvati. Um, people from the beginning like Jerry, Colby Donaldson, Rupert, JT, Coach, um, you know, uh, the list goes on and on. You had Sugar and Randy. Um, they really put everybody, whether they were on the hero tribe or on the villain tribe, they they belonged on that tribe. I don't think there were any mismatches in my opinion. Um, and everybody played a hard fought game, both socially, mentally, and physically. Um, you know, ultimately, it obviously. Um, led up to Sandra winning and she became the first ever two time winner of the show um, before Tony won uh, just this previous year. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure Kushal has some words for the show as well. It was all around a great season and I would love to see another heroes versus villains cast come up within the next 10 seasons. And I think we will see that um, it's a great theme to the show and everybody loved it. And I think it's very close to everybody's number one list. If they were creating their own, you know, personalized list. Connor, we agree. We agree. <laughs> we didn't agree much on our top 10 list, but this one, we sure as hell agree. I it's agree. Hard this to beat is the, this season. Yeah, this is the greatest season of all time. Um, I know the hope was that Winners at War would uh, become either equal to Heroes vs. Villains or, or be even better. Uh, while Winners at War was great, I don't think anything lives up to it. Heroes versus Villains. I think casting, this is the most iconic cast of all time. Uh, like Connor said, I don't think there's a single bad player on there. Um, I think what makes the season so great is that both of these tribes, you can feel that they don't like the other tribe. Like the heroes really didn't like the villains. The villains didn't like the heroes. Um, and it was just so interesting to see them battle back and forth. I think the pre-merge was fantastic in this season. Um, oh. You know, the only one I was really sad to see, I was sad to see Tom Westman go. Uh, was a huge fan of him from Palau, but mm-hmm. I get it. You know, things didn't roll his way, and, and you know, there were other pairs. Uh, there were a lot of players from, you know, Survivor Micronesia, uh, Survivor China, um, on the Heroes Tribe, and they just kind of ganged up against Tom Westman, and it is what it is. I'm not, like, upset about it, but uh, I think the post-merge was also fantastic. 
Um, you could start to see the hero tribe get decimated in the early merge. Um, obviously, the iconic moment was when JT gave his idol to Russell. Thinking Russell was in trouble uh, by the girls on his tribe, but Russell was equally working with all the girls on his tribe and basically just took the idol that JT got gave him and essentially just decimated the hero tribe right after that, voting out JT, Amanda, and Candace like right after each other. Um, the villains definitely dominated the top four were all villains. Um, the final three, I would say is the greatest final three of all time. I, I, I wouldn't maybe hero winners at war could, could compete, but I just think Sandra, Parvati and Russell were just mm-hmm. the three greatest, um, of all time. A lot of people, you know, did not want Sandra to win initially, but I think she played a great game. I think Sandra was the one, um, working with the villains and the hero. Like, I think she was working with everyone. Um, and just tried to be the one that was the most liked and is the reason she won. Because I think Russell and Parvati dominated strategically, being the under being like underdogs and, and undermanned the entire season um, and somehow finding their way to the end. But uh, along the way, they both burned so many people and so many bridges, especially Russell in Russell fashion, just doing it in such a mean way. Um, and that's Sandra won. And it's it's a great season. And I agree. Probably most people's number one. Yeah, there was wow. so much packed into this season. I mean, obviously, Russell Hans played back-to-back seasons in 1920, got to the end both times. Sandra, like I said, two-time winner. Um, you had Russell versus Boston Rob. You had Jerry versus Colby Donaldson. Every single challenge was hard-fought and battled. There were easily bickering words in every single one, um, most of them between James or Randy um, or Rupert. Um, and yeah, like you said, Kush- uh, Kushal, it should be number one on, in my opinion, everybody's list. Yeah. Wow. So we did it. We got through our top 10. Yeah, um, that, that was fun. Yeah, so I'm going to have to uh, give the show, you know, give the show a look. Uh, I'll take in. I know you recommended those two seasons. Plus this season, obviously, I have to look at this one since it's consensus favorite. Um, I know that you guys, I know that we've been doing this for a while. I know that you guys want had like a top 10 list of your favorite players. Do you guys want to run through that really quickly? Just, you know, 10 through one and then maybe, you know, just talk about your, your favorite person. Yeah, let's uh, let's obviously we're gonna do this a little more quickly since the seasons. But uh, Connor, you want to run through your just your honorable mention seasons? Uh, you can list all of them that you have and uh, any say oh, anything yeah. you want about them. So my honorable mention uh, for seasons, I just had three of them. Um, you actually mentioned two of them in Second Chance and David versus Goliath. Uh, you know, I know I said David versus Goliath was was not one of my favorites, um, but I did have it in the honorable mentions. It was a great theme um, to the season, um, and it did have a great cast of characters. And then my third honorable mention was Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers. Um, that was the season that Ben won. Um, he obviously had things like the Ben Bomb. He had to win every single challenge at the end when they were a merged tribe in order to stay in it. He played a phenomenal social game. And again, it had a great cast of characters, as did the first round of Heroes versus Healers versus Hustlers when Mike Holloway won. And you had Rodney um, and so many other great casts. So I, I love that theme, and I think we'll see that plenty of times in the next couple of years. Okay, uh, 35 is underrated. I think most people didn't really like it, but I enjoyed it. So um, I see why you put it in there. I, I, I did like the cast as well. I, I think people hate on it too much because of the end. Um, and they didn't like the idols that Ben found. But I like Ben and I like I like that season. So uh, not a bad three. So my bad three, my uh, honorable mentions, uh, I also had three. So I had my first honorable mention, Blood versus Water, for the reasons you mentioned. Love Tyson. Love the theme. Uh, then I had Survivor China, great cast, great newbie cast. Wanted to put it in my top 10, but just didn't find the right place for it. And then my last honorable mention is Survivor Philippines. Um, 
love Malcolm, love Denise, uh, the adversity they both faced. Uh, obviously, Denise went to every tribal council and still won the game. It's unprecedented what she did um, and, and deserves to be, uh, you know, in my honorable mentions. So do you want to just run through our top 10 list really quickly since we talked for a while just to recap? Yeah, um, okay. yeah you want to start? Yeah, sure. So at number 10, I had Pearl Islands, uh, then Panama at number nine, Micronesia at number eight, Second Chances at seven, Token Chains at six, Cook Islands at five, Winners at War at four. Uh, number three is David versus Goliath. Number two, Survivor Kageyan. And number one, Heroes versus Villains. Awesome. Then, uh, yeah, so for my top 10, yeah, number 10 for me was Survivor Borneo. Again, the first season that kicked everything off. Um, then I had Survivor Gabon, Survivor Redemption Island, Survivor Kagayan, Survivor Blood vs. Water, Survivor Ghost Island, Survivor Game Changers, Survivor Winners at War, Survivor Samoa, and then, of course, the same Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. Mm, very different list, but I love, to, I love to see that. I think that's what makes top 10 lists fun. All right, so Connor, you want to do top 10 players? Uh, we can do this a little bit quicker, obviously, than our seasons, but you want to do that? Yeah, so I'll start with my top five, and then if you want, you could do your, uh, or I'll start with my bottom five, and then if you want, you can go to your bottom five. But for me, um, again, this was incredibly difficult to make. There are so many phenomenal players that have played in the last 20 years, um, so easily it could be different uh, compared to yours. But for me, number 10 was Jeremy Collins. He ended up winning um, one time in Survivor Second Chance, and then, he, of course, he played last year in Survivor Winners at War. Great strategic player. Um, not the most physical player, but he really gets far in the game because of his strategies that he makes and his alliances. Uh, number nine for me was Troyzan Robertson, played in Survivor One World, where he did not play a great game. Um, obviously, he had to win challenges at the end in order to make Final Tribal Council, which he did not end up doing. Um, he obviously will never forget him claiming that this is his island in Survivor One World, um, but he couldn't beat the girls. He unfortunately was the second-to-last male standing um, and then we, of course, saw him again in Survivor Game Changers, where didn't play a fantastic game, kind of rode the back of uh, Brad Culpepper. But he did give a very compelling speech, um, just thanking, obviously, uh, Jeff Probst and the cast for being able to be a part of such a phenomenal and historic season. Um, and he has a great character to himself. So I really love Troy Zan. Uh, number eight, you're going to yell at me for this because he's probably high at your list. But for number eight, I have Tony Wachos, who played, like we mentioned, in Kagayan, Game Changers and Winners at War. He phenomenal strategic player, pretty good at the physical game. He's a hilarious player that runs around. Obviously, at the spy shack, the spy nest, and the spy bunker. Um, I love Tony. He's from New Jersey, um, and you know he's he definitely deserves the top ten spot. Number seven, his best bud, uh, Sarah Lucina. Perfect game in Survivor Game Changers, like I mentioned before. Um, and Winners at War, she gave a very compelling fight as well, where she ended up getting in the top four. Um, so I have her in my top uh, bottom five as well. And then to round out the bottom portion of my list, I have at number six, Rick Devins, who played recently um, in Edge of Extinction. He is a phenomenal game, uh, game player. He's a fan favorite. Um, he's a super fan of the game, and he's very funny and comical. Um, I loved his game style. Um, he obviously got voted out, went to the edge, and then fought his way back into the game. Um, and all around, I, we're definitely going to see him return in a future season because, like I said, he was a fan favorite. Everybody loved him. Yeah, um, I just want to say this is favorite player, so I'm not going to yell at you for any of the choices you made. So, <laughs> uh, even no, I mean we do have some overlapping, so I'll just get into mine. Um, number ten, I have Yul Kwan, winner of Survivor Cook Islands. I know you know he might not be the greatest TV, but I think 
um i I like great strategist um and uh was really excited to see him at winners at war and he's always just been a favorite of mine i loved his game at cook islands i think he dominated the game um the strategy with him using his super idol and getting penner to flip uh was was brilliant and he was a leader of the i24 uh one of the most iconic alliances down eight to four um and, and won the game so he's my number 10 Number nine, I got the iconic Tyson Apostle, uh, winner of blood versus water. I think he's just um, one of the most, one of the best characters of all time. It's just so funny. Um, I mean, I liked his game of blood versus water, but the reason he's one of my favorite players is not because he won. It's more that he's just so, he's just so funny. Like he great confessional giver. Um, and it's just uh, great to watch on the Island. Um, number eight, I was conflicted on this one, but I think I got to put Boston Rob up there. I know like um, some, some, the opinion on him, he's polarizing in uh, the fan community. Like some people love Boston Rob. Some people don't really like Boston Rob, but I think you can't have survivor without Boston Rob. Like he's probably the most famous player in terms of just names that people that don't even watch the show kind of know. Obviously leads the most iconic duo of all time in, in season eight with Amber. Um, and it's just one of the great, one of the best players of all time. Even though it took him four times to win, and he's played five times, well, five and a half. I don't know what you call Island of the Idols. Maybe five times, and was a coach another time. Whatever he won once, um, but he he's iconic. Can't argue, Boston Rob. So number seven, I have Sarah Lucina. Like you said, um, her and Tony are great. Um, I really enjoy, more than even the game she won because you know as I as I had strong words for game changers I really enjoyed watching Sarah Lucina in Winners at War. She ran a master class. Uh, she is one of the best social players of all time without being appreciated for that. Uh, everyone liked her on on you know her tribes and she almost won it again. She almost won again. She was a huge threat but still can fly under the radar and uh, she's fantastic. And then uh, rounding out the bottom half of my list, I got uh, Journey Collins at six. Like you said earlier, uh, I loved his game in Cambodia. Great social player. I love the fire with Jeremy Collins. He's not afraid to speak his mind. Like sometimes he, he he's not afraid to you know chirp back at other players. And uh, I love players that play with a little fire and are aggressive. And and Jeremy's just that. So that's my number six. Uh, wow, I cannot believe you had Boston Rob that low on your list. I'm not a but like you said, it's our favorite, so I won't argue it either. Kush, you got um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, what'd you say, Jason? No, no, go ahead, Connor. I had nothing. I was just going to go along with my list, unless you yeah. have something else to add. No, you're good. Go ahead. All right. So I'll uh, go to my top five, but before I do that, I'll mention some of my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did have, in my honorable mentions, Suri Fields, like we said, one of the most legendary players to never win. Um, I also had Rupert. Great iconic character, the pirate themed, the tie dye. You, you can't have Survivor without Rupert, even though he didn't make my list. Um, Colby Donaldson played um, in one of the first couple seasons. Had obviously the great feud with Jerry. Again, played in Heroes versus Villains, um, and he's an iconic player as well. Surprisingly, not in my list, and I don't think it's going to be in Kushal's either. Is our first two-time winner, Sandra Diaz Twine. Um, she does have great game style. She can get a little bit annoying. Um, she's definitely done playing the game of Survivor, so we won't see her again. Um, but she still deserves to be in honorable mentions. And then I also have Christian Hubicki, who did play in David versus Goliath. Um, he was kind of that nerdy character we were talking about that spoke to Jeff Probst for you know six hours um, nonstop through that challenge. 
And, you know, he was truly a David in that game. And he ended up almost coming up on top. Um, so anyway, I'll go into my top five players now. Um, for the same reasons that Kushaw mentioned, number five is Tyson Apostle for me. Um, you will hear a lot of old school characters here. I am an old school player. Uh, number four, Survivor Bob Crowley, um, who again, just real quick, for Kushaw's point, I will say did not get to the end by luck. Um, got to the end to, by luck. He had to win the last five or six individual immunity challenges. If he didn't, he would have been voted out by Corinne, by Ken, by his entire tribe, um, because he was the favorite to win. He also made a fake immunity idol, which was the first time, maybe the second time we ever saw that in the game of Survivor. Um, if he didn't do those things, he would not have made it to the end. He absolutely deserved to win. He absolutely did not get there by luck. Um, and I wish he was on Winners at Work because I did see him interviewed recently and he actually wanted to be asked, but he never was. Um, but anyway, he is definitely up there. He will always be one of my all-time favorite winners and one of my all-time just favorite players in general. Number three for me is another player, legendary player that never won the game, has played several times. He is a challenge beast, um, Mr. Ozzy Luce. Um, I love Ozzy. The green camo shirt came back to play in South Pacific, couldn't win. Came back to play in Game Changers, couldn't win. Um, but he is a legendary player just like Suri. And I don't think we'll ever see him play the game of Survivor again. But, you know, hopefully we will. There's always a chance. Number one and two for me, Kushal probably could guess them correctly. Uh, number two for me, I have Boston Rob Mariano. I love him. I really did not like him in the beginning days of like, Heroes versus Villains and All-Stars. Um, I was more of a Russell Hance kind of fan, so I was always rooting for Rob to get voted out, but definitely over um, Redemption Island, Island of the Idols, and of course, Winners at War. Uh, Boston Rob kind of won me over a little bit, and I am a huge Boston Rob fan, and like you said, Kushal, you can't have Survivor without Boston Rob. He's just an iconic character, um, and unfortunately, I think it is, again, one person. I don't think anybody on our list we will really see come play again, unless there's someone like a Sarah or a Tony or Jeremy, all these older players, they are, they're definitely done after their fourth or fifth time playing. Um, and then number one for me, my all-time favorite player, who I don't think will ever be beat, Russell Hance. He changed the game, like I mentioned, in Samoa. He is probably the most famous villain of all time. In my opinion, he's another iconic, legendary player to never win the game, even though he should have won the game. Um, and I think if they ever have a Survivor Legends season, um, he will definitely come back and play if he's asked to do so. But by far... He's my favorite player, and I don't think that'll ever be changed. All right. Let's hear it, Kushaw. All right, let's wrap this up, boys. This has been fun. Uh, I mean, it's been a long podcast, but I've had fun. I hope you both have fun and, and the listeners, too. Um, I love talking Survivor. This is the first time I've ever had like a long discussion about it, but this has been great. Um. All right, so let me do with my honorable mentions. So I have five honorable mentions. I'll run through them quickly because I don't want to, you know, take another hour explaining this. Um, so my first honorable mention, I have Ozzy Lust, uh, like, like Connor mentioned, uh, one of the best, you know, challenge beasts of all time. Uh, really enjoyed watching him in Cook Islands, almost won South Pacific by putting himself on redemption uh, on purpose and, and winning his way back, you know, lost that final challenge. Um, he almost won twice and uh, is one of the greatest players that never won. So hope to see him again. Uh, next, I have Chris Doherty, winner of Survivor Vanuatu, really underrated player. Um, reason I put him on here is he was in a tough situation at the end. Uh, at the final seven, uh, there was an alliance of six girls and him. Um, and it was not looking good for him. He really should have been the seventh. He really should have only been seventh place, but was able to uh, really masterfully 
um, win his way socially uh, to the end of the game and, and was a really underrated winner survivor in season nine survivor Vanuatu number 10. Uh, the next one, sorry. Uh, next honorable mention is survivor season 10 winner. Um, Tom Westman of Survivor Palau, uh, one of the most dominant wins of all time. Not much to say. Dominated socially, was a leader of his alliance. Dominated physically, won uh, four or five challenges. I think five. Um, one of the greatest wins of all time. Not much to say. Did not face much adversity in that season. He just dominated. Uh, then next honorable mention, Rob Sesternino from Survivor Amazon, uh, one of the greatest um, so uh, strategic players early on in season six, he really, uh, you know, was one of the first players that actually started flip-flopping between alliances um, and really thinking more about strategy than just sticking with an alliance. Um, and is uh, one of the most well-known Survivor podcasters, so I have to give a shout-out to him. Uh, and then my last honorable mention is Malcolm uh, from Philippines. Uh, and then Fan versus Favorites 2 and uh, Game Changers. Uh, I like Malcolm. You know, I don't know if he's the greatest player. I personally like Malcolm because he's not afraid to take the big risk. Um, obviously, playing that idol and fan versus favorites too uh, with Eddie and uh, Reynolds and him. Uh, that was a great moment to get Philip out of the game. Um, and I'm, I just, I just like players that are not afraid to take shots. So that's why he's there. All right. So to finish out, let me let me do my top five. Uh, so at number, oh no, six. I don't know which one I'm on. Maybe I added ten. Anyway, let me just start off. I, I, I think I'm on number five, right? Yeah, five. Five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, I have Sandra Diaz Tyne, the two-time winner. I know Connor said I might not have her on us. I have to throw her on. Two-time winner, first two-time winner. Um, I think most people didn't like Sandra when she first played uh, and didn't really appreciate her. But I think her game in Heroes versus Villains and then especially in Game Changers really impressed me. Um, she's able to, you know uh really employ a strategy where she's willing to throw anyone under the bus if it's not her uh in game changers she was by far the biggest target out there and still made it to day 16 pretty impressive like she should have been the first one out and she she got a little swap screwed and almost made it to the merge which was which would have been crazy with how big of a target she has um i know she's not a physical threat or you know the most you know strategic at times but she's what she does works and she's the first two-time winner um, at number four, I have Suri, uh, greatest player not to win. She's so unassuming. Um, I, I really wish she won Micronesia. Um, and she almost won Panama. She almost won Game Changers. So she's gotten so close, you know, three out of her four times. Um, she's just really likable more than, you know, anything. I just really enjoy watching her play. Um, she's, the, you know, just the all-American, you know, woman. Um, and, and, it's you know, she kills it in the game. Uh, great strategic player. Number three, or number two, I got uh, Tony Vlachos, uh, our newest two-time winner. And I honestly, probably the best player in terms of results. You know, he won twice. Uh, he was voted out early once, but like, did he really have a chance in Game Changers? Not really. I know he, you know, was, did some crazy stuff in the meeting, but I, I don't think Tony could have flew, flew under the radar in that game. But what he did in uh, Winners at War was insane. He came in with arguably one of the bigger targets probably a top five target level um and was able to you know fly under the radar so much so that he literally did not do much until the merge and then just took the game over and people still didn't want to get rid of him it was insane one of the most impressive wins of all time and then his win in kageyama was crazy i don't even know how he made it so far he really should have been 
pre-merge boot with all the crazy stuff he was doing. He was like acting like a psycho sometimes, but uh, so entertaining to watch. Can't argue with his results. And then number one, I agree with Connor. We're on the same page here. Russell Hance changed the game. Uh, greatest villain of all time in the game and and really was the, fir- the first person to find an idol without a clue and really started using the idol as active strategy. So uh, I think Russell is my favorite player of all time. I know a lot of people either love him or hate him. He's probably the most polarizing player to ever play. Um, I wish he won, you know, 19. I, I understand why he lost in 20 um, because Sandra actively played uh, a game against him and strategy against him. I, I really did think he should have won Samoa. Uh, I know people say Natalie White did the same thing, but I, I think Russell deserved that one in terms of what how well he led that alliance. So he's number one to wrap it up. Wow. We did it, guys. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, I think what's fascinating about this is that there's so many seasons of the show and so many characters and you guys seem to know like all of them, like all of them. So it's just crazy to me that you guys, you know, the show has been so impactful for you guys, I feel like. Yeah, I would say that like we this is our third top ten list, right? Jason, we did one for NFL and and NBA. NBA and we had a lot of overlaps. Like I know our lists weren't identical at all, but we had a lot of overlaps. I'd say we had the same seven. We had seven out of the ten teams that we put in our top tens. Probably something like um, that. Yeah, in slightly different order, but we said the same teams. And, and Connor's list, I've take account of it, but I only think I saw like two or three seasons that we both mentioned in seven different, like seven unique seasons that we both mentioned. So uh, I know most people, you know, probably haven't watched Survivor in so many years, but I, I recommend, you know, we're in quarantine still, uh, or you're going to be home for most of the time. So, you know, watch some old seasons. I think it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. Listeners, if you are looking for something to do, listen to this podcast listen to their you know favorite seasons and then go give it a shot and i'm sure you really like it i'm gonna do the same connor hope you enjoyed coming on man i absolutely did thanks for having me um and you know i definitely want to be on in the future i look forward to what those possibilities could be but definitely today it was fun connor we will be discussing mlb in depth because uh i finally have someone to talk about mlb with so we'll definitely be doing that <laughs> what's that supposed to me bro you don't know mlb dude <laughs> Oh, I'm over it. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Rambling Truths Podcast. Um, I'm going to post about post this one up soon, so l- let us know what you think about it. Uh, but if not, it was fun. It was fun talking about it. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah.